Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. So great to have you here with us on this Monday. Our show today is brought to you by LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football and college basketball recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Coming up on today's show, my good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast will be back with us. We're going to continue to fill in some blanks. If you haven't done so already, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show. Subscribe on YouTube as well. It means the world when you take the time to support us any way possible that you can. All right. So now without further ado, let's bring on my good buddy, Josh Cox. And Josh, uh, great start to the week here with you. And uh, like I said, it's the last week now without Duke football. Yeah, we're getting ready, right? I mean, September the 2nd can't come, can't come fast enough. Uh, Duke football just finished a second scrimmage uh, this, over this past weekend and, uh, and and ready to roll. I'm assuming coaching staff is uh, doing those final uh, additions to the playbook and all that good stuff. They've been, there's been talk of like a 90% goal, you know, by now. And then these last few days is just adding that last 10% of what they want to get uh, accomplished. And so, uh, I believe they're there. And so, yeah, looking forward to that simple game. Josh Cox, the football fan, what are the last things that you need to do to get ready for football season? Or are you just ready to rock and roll? We're re- So we're getting the tailgate uh, ready to go with the hard hat guys. And so we've got to figure out what time they're going to actually let us in the lot because it's a Friday game. And there's always right. like they always say a certain time and then they always open it up earlier than that. And so we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. Uh, so that's that's the main thing on game day is just figuring out our tailgate situation. And then obviously seeing a bunch of fans and getting ready for football. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Tailgate, of course, if you ask me a question about it, it's going to revolve around food. And so at the end of the day, that's the biggest concern for me. Yeah. You're going to be ready nonetheless. A couple of days away from Duke football taking on Temple. And uh, we've been having a whole lot of fun with this fill in the blank series, kind of counting down to the start of the year. A lot of basketball conversations. And now we're going to get to do football once again. So jive into it, and we'll start with this, and not even on the field product for this upcoming season, but 26 recruits so far committed in the class of 2023 is blank. Uh, impressive is one word, impressive. Um, and I would say, secondly, it is um, on brand for Mike Elko. Um, he said, this is what he said he was going to do, um, and to have 26 recruits, um, already for next year assigned is what he is what he has promised, and so I believe it's it's meeting his expectations. Uh, but it is impressive if you look back uh, on Duke football and the way we've recruited in the past. Um, I think the the biggest surprise is the early how early these guys have, have committed, um, and Duke really doesn't used to not do those pushes until the the second part of the fall. Uh, you know, for next year. And you didn't you didn't hear a bunch of guys committing until like November, December or whatever it was. Um, now we're getting these guys over the summer, a year out, 
Um, and and I think it's nothing but good. I think we got up to 17th in the rankings. I know we've dropped some because obviously other people begin to commit. And I don't know that we ever really thought we were going to have a top 25 class. Uh, but we've dropped some. But it is impressive. And um, if we can hold on to them in the, in the ever-changing world of uh, college football recruiting, if we can hold on to these guys, then we're going to have an impressive class led by the first commit, Grayson Loftus. So – Looking forward any, to it. Anytime your first commit is a quarterback, it's big. And I, I agree with you. I think oppressive is a great word uh, to use for this. 26 commits in the class of 2023 already is certainly impressive. And the fact that Mike Elko has gotten off to such a great start, uh, builds a foundation for what to expect in the years to come. Now we're going to start talking about development once those guys get onto campus and truly making an impact on the field. But you got to get the commits to have players on your roster in the first place. So it's a great start that they're off to so far in this one. Yeah, and to follow up on that, um, I think it's important to uh, – I believe eight players were here for spring ball, true freshmen, uh, enrolled early. Yeah. And, and Coach Elko mentioned at the very beginning that he would love for that number to increase every year. And I know Loftus, I believe, is planning on uh, being an early enrollee and I don't know how many others, but, you know, we, we, we have seen guys, uh, VJ Anthony and Chandler Rivers and others that were able to be here in the spring that are true freshmen that just seemed like they had worked their way in a little bit better than the guys who showed up for fall. Um, and so, anyway, I think that'll be important as well to see how many of these recruits we can get on campus in January. That's becoming way more of an important trend in college football It's getting those mid-year early enrollees to be a part of spring ball. And, uh, yeah, that's a good point to be made. All right. Let's move on. A six and six record would be blank. We talked expectations a little bit. Let's set the bar right at 500. Year one, 2022, Duke football. Josh Cox, I ask you, a six and six record would be blank. Um, ultimate success. That would be, I mean, I would be so pumped if he went, to, if he, if, if Elko led us to a bowl game um, in the first season. I understand that Duke fans can sit there and look at each individual game and say, well, we could possibly win this game. I get that. And I get you could probably do that for seven or eight games and, you know what I mean, like create this scenario in your head. Uh, but I believe that uh, a, a bowl, getting back to a bowl game is the first goal. And if he does it in his first season with the piece together roster that we've got, the piece together secondary, all those things, that would be simply incredible. And, um, you know, I, I won't spoil uh, my season prediction, um, but I am on the conservative end of not expecting that. But if it happens, I mean, prove me wrong, uh, Duke football, for sure. Yeah. No, I've, I've been I've been receiving a little bit of grief each week on Locked on ACC uh, with Candace Cooper. She's way more excited about the Duke football team going into year one for Mike Delco and uh, I want to be a little bit hesitant and not so uh, optimistic, which is a little bit different for me. But with that being said, I agree with you. If you could find a way to go six and six in this first year, like, holy cow, that's really exciting. Yeah. And then the sky is just – the expectations are only going to build every following year after that. So, yeah, a six and six uh, record would be outstanding if Duke could pull that off this season. Yeah, and if you think about it, we're one in seventeen in our last eighteen ACC games. If we were to go uh, six and six this year, that would mean we at least had two ACC victories this season. 
And so that would be a major upgrade from the last two years. Um, and then if, if we if, if we go six and six and we happen to lose one of our non-con games, that means we would have won three ACC games. So once again, that would be just uh, extreme successful, extremely successful first season for Mike Elko. Let's fill in some more blanks after our first time out here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As we move forward here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. Follow them on Twitter at DukeFBTalk and go find their podcast wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple or Spotify, leave them a five-star rating and written review. The support means a whole lot. All right, let's move forward. Next, fill in the blank. And you know we love talking about Duke and North Carolina, the greatest rivalry in college sports. So here's our next one. The gap between Duke and UNC is blank. All right, the gap between Duke and UNC is significant, but shrinking. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. I like it. It is significant, but shrinking. And we can look no further than the last two seasons of recruiting that Matt Brown has done at UNC. And it's it's impressive. I mean, as a UNC hater, you know, that I am, uh, you have to, at the very least, you know, acknowledge what they've done over there. Matt uh, is doing some things for sure. He, he is in the recruiting. Now, uh, has that has that has that recruiting necessarily shown up in wins and losses? Uh, not to the level that the, I don't believe the UNC fan base expected or wants. Um, you know, to finish around 500 when you've when the last two seasons you've been in the top 10 in the country in recruiting. I don't think that's a success per se. Uh, but I will say the talent level, you know, star ratings and all those things. There's a significant gap, and 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 Duke fans need to understand that. But I will say, going back to the first question in this podcast with our recruiting, that gap is shrinking. Um, and, and then I obviously think that we have a superior coaching staff um, at this point. And, and I, I, I love the staff that Elko's put together. You've got former coordinators at position coaches. You've got former, you know, you've got NFL uh, coaches in the NFL that are assistant coaches at Duke now. Um, and so in my opinion, that is shrinking and we'll see how quickly it shrinks. Shrinking is a good word to put it, and and because I do think the Stoop program is building something special. We'll see, obviously, what the on-the-field results look like this year. North Carolina, they're turning the page from the Sam Howe era of football. Uh, they do get Gene Chizik and more experienced coaches back on their staff for Mac Brown this season, uh, but uh, definitely feel like it's shrinking. 
What would you say the gap between Duke and UNC basketball is if we Ooh. had some fun here? Uh, is one is, is it not is it non-existent? It's absolutely non-existent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got for, you got young head coaches. Yeah. Yeah, first year, second year head coaches on the basketball side. You've got crazy expectations. Every you've got year. yeah, you've got uh well, you've got UNC improved recruiting, Duke holding steady in their recruiting. Uh, so the gap has never been smaller, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look back in those years, uh, in 90s, you know, 91, 92, Carolina wins it in 93. You know what I mean? Uh, right. So that was that was a, a tight year. You have UNC winning it in 2009, Duke winning it in 2010. You know what I mean? Duke, Duke winning in 2015 and then Carolina. The next two, three seasons are either winning it's it or insane. in the championship game. So it, it's it's crazy, man. So it's just not there. There's just not a gap. I mean, you look at the 90s run in particular, like you were saying, you could go back to, to 90 and being in the UNLV game there. You're right, 91-92, Duke winning it all, 93, UNC winning it, 94, Duke losing to Arkansas. Yeah. It's, I mean, holy cow. There's never really been a gap, it feels like, between yeah. Duke and North Carolina basketball. So we even had the, 90, the 98 UNC team. The 98 UNC team was the best – UNC team did not win a title. And then the 99 Duke team was the best Duke team to never win a title. So, like, even if you look at the non-title years, they're just so so tight and so similar. So, And then this anyway. past year, they both make it to the Final Four and go head-to-head for the first time ever. I mean, yeah. All right, let's go uh, – let's get back to football. That was fun, though. Yes. Uh, the yeah. best underclassman is blank. The best underclassman is – I'm going to go uh, – when we say underclassman, I'm going true freshman. I, that's how I'm going to take okay. it. And I'm going to say the best true freshman is VJ Anthony. Um, just just last week, he was named to a preseason All America team. Um, uh, VJ's a Durham product here in Durham uh, from Jordan High School, and uh, plays on the defensive end. Um, he went to some camps uh, at the end of the conclusion of high school, and I forget which specific the names of the camps, but you saw him jump from like he his his ranking jumped. He's kind of a fast mover up the recruiting ranks, and he stuck with Duke. And so, obviously, that's a good thing for Mike Elko. And uh, I believe he is going to be our most talented um, underclassman. Now, if you want to say underclassman, uh, meaning sophomore, freshman, I mean, I think you got to throw it there to that quarterback room and and Jordan Moore and Riley Leonard. And that's so, where I was going, Josh. I'll yeah. be honest. I was going to go there and and obviously still trying to figure out who that starting quarterback is going to be. Uh, the buzz around Durham and and what you guys talk about a lot on the Section 17 podcast is Jordan Moore's ability just to do about everything it feels like on the football field. And I mean, uh, he, he was one of the first things that came to mind for me uh, when you start to think about who that best underclassman would be. Yeah, you think about the way basketball shifted over the last several years into positionless basketball, and like, sure. you know, you got your Draymond Greens, and you got guys like that that just kind of changed the game. Um, Kevin Durant, other others. Um, you look at football, and I'm not sure football has quite made the transition yet, but I'm looking, I'm looking toward a college football at some point in time where it's like we have a player like Odell Beckham Jr. on our roster, and guess what? We are going to line him up everywhere. We're going to line him up in the backfield. We're going to line right. him up at quarterback. We're going to line him up at wideout. We're going to line him up anywhere and everywhere we can do uh, because he's an athlete. And so 
I think we might see a little bit more in that. I know, I know there are some players who have been able to do that some in high-level college football, but Jordan Moore is that guy uh, that I believe can play three positions on the offense at wide out, at running back, and, and at quarterback. And, and we'll see what happens as the season progresses. Oh, we've done four so far. If you disagree or agree with any of them so far, let us know in the YouTube comments. Send us your thoughts on Twitter as well at LO underscore Blue Devils. Coming up, what about the Duke football scoring offense? We'll talk about that and start to wrap up today's edition of Locked on Blue Devils. Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a brand new flavor that you need to know about. Cookie Dough Chuck Puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Only 160 calories and 15 grams of protein in them, and let me say it again, 100% real chocolate. Amazing stuff. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15. New promo code locked on 15 L O C K E D O N 1 5 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on 15 at built.com. All right, we start to wrap up today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. My name is JJ Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Let's keep it moving, Josh. You know, you will know where Duke's season is headed after the blank game. So taking a look at the yeah. schedule, you yep. and I have gone through the schedule. Go back and listen to those episodes here on Locked On Blue Devils. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, but I, I like reminding people here. So looking at the schedule in 2022, you will know where Duke's season is headed after blank game. I think there are two options here uh, in my mind, um, and I'm going to go with the Kansas game. Um, I believe that we start out the season with our four non-con games. Right. Obviously, Northwestern and Kansas, both on the road, are the toss-up games. And I believe if we if we come out of the Kansas game um, two and two, then we know kind of where this season's headed. If we come out of the Kansas game four and zero, oh, then we know there's potential uh, for a, a bowl game and, and a potential to exceed those expectations, as we spoke about earlier in this episode. Um, if we come out. Three and one, you know, once again, that's that's going to be a tough road to hoe to find three ACC wins. And so I believe that Kansas game, um, we will know. If we're 4-0 and coming out of Kansas, heading into Virginia, uh, the Tony Elliott versus Mike Elko matchup, first the first ever. If we come out of that game 4-0 and heading into ACC play, uh, we've got a great shot at going bowling. If we come out 2-2, two and two, we're not going bowling. And so – I think that's the tough. I think that's the, the most important uh, kind of uh, gauge to the season is can we uh, do what we need to do in the non-con? I, I, I certainly think non-conference is really important. I think I would push it back a further week and go to the Virginia game just simply because of the fact that you look at. We talked about this a lot last year. That non-conference schedule for Duke in twenty twenty one. Nobody really thought Duke was going to beat Northwestern, and nobody thought Duke was going to lose to Charlotte Mm -hmm. in the way in which they did. You felt pretty good walking away from that non-conference portion of your schedule with that 3-1 and record, but that meant absolutely nothing, it seemed, in the grand scheme of things in terms of your ACC competition. So, you see, I mean, I totally see what you're saying about 
hey, you're going to know where the season's headed because, hey, quite simply, those are the early games in the year. But I do want to kind of wait until we get to that first ACC game. And it happens to be against an ACC school that also has a brand new head coach. Uh, I think that's kind of where I'll get a better indicator of where the season might be headed. And my second choice was going to be the Georgia Tech game. Sure. Uh, that was going to be my second choice because we okay. would have had two ACC games in our belt. Right. Most winnable, in my opinion. Uh, you know, anyway. Uh, but I, I get that for sure. And, and you know, Duke football has been uh, do well in non-conference and then don't do well in conference. And so you're you're exactly right. I mean, we, we need to see what we're doing. That Virginia team beat us 48 to nothing last year. And so – that's obviously going to be a telltale sign and maybe not even a win loss in that game, but maybe just how do we fight? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Last one we're going to wrap up with today. Blank will be the team Duke football scores on the most in the ACC. Blank will be the team Duke football scores on the most in the ACC. As you just said, it wasn't Virginia a year ago. No, Duke didn't no. score at all. No, so tell me what you think with this one. Okay. So, I, I think there's an an obvious answer here, but I, I am a little bit conflicted. Um, it seems like every year we play Pitt, and it doesn't matter how good their defense is because their defense is always good. It seems like the Duke Pittsburgh game tends to be a high scoring game. Not that now we that win you it. Say that, yeah, yeah. Not that we win those games per se. Narduzzi has had our number for sure, uh, but those games seem to be. Um, high-scoring football games, no matter how good their defense is. But I'm going to go with I'm going to go with my gut here, and I'm going to say Georgia Tech. And, and I think number one, we scored against them last year, and and we know last year was a train wreck of a season, uh, and we scored and we we scored the ball on them last year. Uh, we should have won the game last year. You know, a, a bad defensive play call at the very end of the game cost us the game. Um, so I believe we'll score the most points. It'll be over thirty. That's a pre. That's a, a sneak look into our last episode that we did on on section seventeen. Uh, I believe we will score over thirty points, um, and I believe it will be against Georgia Tech. They're going to be Jeff Collins starting the season on the hot seat down there in Atlanta. By the time it gets to our game in week, what is that? Week six, uh, he might be his seat might be scorching hot, or who knows? He may already be off the seat by that time. Who knows? Or they could be five and one. You know, um, but uh, but anyway, I believe that we can score on that defense. So I wanted to go back and give the numbers for people. Again, we're talking about blank will be the team that Duke scores on the most in the ACC this season in 2022. And Georgia Tech was immediately who first came to mind for me. That game was 31-27 in favor of the Yellow Jackets, but 27 points for Duke was their largest output in the ACC except for that Pittsburgh game when Duke lost 54-29. So only two more points than Georgia Tech. But, Josh, you're right. There is something about that Pitt game on the schedule. Yeah, Duke lost that one 54-29. So a year ago it was Pitt, the team. that, And that's the other thing. We're not saying you got to win the game. Right. We're simply saying who do you score the most points against? Well, last year with Pitt, too, you had Kenny Pickett that was throwing the ball all over the field. And so there was a lot more possessions uh, on the Duke side on offense as well. Um, but I just I, – yeah. I, so, I mean, either one of them, but I'm going to go with Georgia Tech. If I have to pick one, I'll go with the Georgia Tech game. I was going to pick Georgia Tech, too. So, all right, I'm glad we agree. makes me feel better about a, a lot of things. A fun day, yeah, fun episode. Sure. 
here on Locked On Blue Devils, and uh, football season is right around the corner. Josh Cox, as always, it's a pleasure chatting with you, and I'm sure I'll chat to you sometime soon. JJ, thanks for having me, man. Have a great week. That's my good buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 Podcast joining us here on today's show. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Again, if you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.